Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. We just broke down Justin Jefferson's candidacy for MVP. We both agree he's not going to win it. Probably shouldn't win it. It's a quarterback award. Mahomes is going to win that thing. Um, (laughs) But let's put some more respect on that guy's name. I think he's getting it, obviously. But, I don't know, plus 10,000 to win the MVP. Let's just bump those odds a little. Maybe maybe after this podcast drops, Tom, those odds will shoot up. Uh, Yeah, we we influence Vegas. Yeah, they're just going to start hammering plus 10,000. Um, yeah, a couple yeah. a couple whales hit that, and then and then the odds move. So <laughs> I don't want to say enough about Justin Jefferson because I could talk about him all day, mm-hmm. but enough about him for now. You mentioned someone when in the last segment um, talking about without Justin Jefferson, this team maybe wins six games because the talent outside of him is just not immense. But but mm-hmm. the guy you mentioned as the secondary pass catcher on this team, because he has become the secondary pass catcher on this team, he's passed Adam Thielen in, in that mm-hmm. sense, is TJ Hawkinson, who the Vikings traded for at the trade deadline. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa flips a second-round pick, I think a second and a third for TJ Hawkinson and, and a couple of conditional picks. So call it a second, um, because that's like the pick that everyone's going to be talking about when the NFL draft rolls around in April, May. Um, that the Vikings traded this second round pick that now belongs to the Lions for TJ Hawkinson. Home run trade at the time, I thought, mm-hmm. what do you think a month in? Because I still think it's a home run. Yeah, I think this is interesting. I, it's probably something we should have asked about before the New England game. But so just to be clear, Hawkinson had 179 yards receiving. This is a tight end. This is that stupid like Detroit Seattle game. I think this is actually when the Vikings were in London, 48 um, 45. But still, 179 yards. The next game, they get shut out. Detroit does by New England, and he has six yards. So that was the guy that Belichick decided to take out, right? That tells you he's their best player, right? And I think – here's the thing. I think tight ends should be more appreciated um, because – they're asked to block, you know, they're kind of like integral to the team. I, Wes Phillips and one of his availabilities said a receiver once told him straight up. He's like, dude, I'm a good receiver. I don't need to need to block. Right. And like, <laughs> you think of like Adrian Peterson being like, I'm a good rusher. I don't need to catch the ball. Right. And like, uh, no tight end can say that that is part of their job. I think there's the jury's out. If Hawkinson's actually a good blocker, not because of his technique or physicality, but because of who he cho- chooses to block regardless he is asked of a, to do a lot. And I think the fact that he comes into that Washington game, I actually thought he wouldn't have that big of a role, given that they kind of trust Johnny Munt. You know, like Munt's kind of the do-everything sort of, right? The jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Um, yeah. You know, he 909, 70 yards receiving. So he makes an instant impact, goes through the effort of in four days learning the offense to the extent he can. Um, I think... Here's the thing. I think Thielen, because he had the heights he did and because of the go back to the narratives around him, right? Like how the hell did this guy out of Mankato become this good of a receiver? Um, 
people now are kind of frustrated with him. Again, I think he might be hurt or like dealing with something that's slowing him down. I also think if you look at the totals, right, he's actually usually the second highest total. The difference is Hawkinson's like just the second biggest threat because you don't expect a tight end to do what he does. You know what I'm saying? So I'm with you. He's the best, second best patch pass catcher. I think it was a must to go make this move. I don't think, um, Spielman does this. I, the crazy thing is that we knew he was good. I thought he was a franchise player. I thought Detroit was going to throw money at him just to kind of maintain the guys who sell jerseys, the guys who make a difference. I think it's insane Detroit traded him, but it's not like a Chris Herndon situation where if like Herndon had been an impact player, he'd be like, man, the jets are a mess. They just didn't know what they had in him. Right. This is a very known commodity who the Vikings, I, I mean, swapped kind of significant draft capital, but like, they stole him. You know what I mean? Like right. he has been as advertised and they've needed him so that you're right. It's just a, it was a brilliant trade at the time. It looks like it now. Well, think about the, the rhetoric surrounding the trade deadline a month ago. It was like, who's available. Chase Claypool is available. Brandon cooks is available. Uh, whatever mid tier receiver is available. And then Quasi comes out and swings for TJ Hawkinson, who, mm-hmm we didn't even know was available because he's so good. Like, because nowhere in a million years would you think that the Detroit lions who suck are going to trade away one of their best players. Like he is one of their best players. I I get it. You you mentioned obviously the new England game where he got taken out of that game. But when, when you look at pass catchers on the Detroit lions and, and you just look at how they have, you know, the history of being kind of futile, but now they have a Monroe St. Brown. They have Jamison Williams, who we can talk about that. Yeah, draft. yeah, yeah. he sounds familiar. Right. Yeah. Right. Like the Vikings could have drafted him, but they have those two receivers. Now we don't know anything about Jamison Williams yet. But we, we assume he's going to be good. If he never popped his ACL, he would have been the first receiver off the board in, in, mm-hmm. in last year's draft. Amon Ross St. Brown looks, looks great. Looks amazing. Looks like he's going to be someone who can, impact winning at a high level for for years to come and you had tj hawkinson right there like it just makes sense to have that those two receivers on the outside and tj hawkinson running over the middle not only do you trade tj hawkinson you trade him to a division rival Mm -hmm. who is in the midst of not only a playoff push but trying to convince everyone they're a super bowl contender so yes they they stole him they they definitely stole him and and everything tj hawkinson does well the routes he runs you know, the, the places on the field where he finds holes in the defense, that's where Kirk cousins loves to throw. So that was why I thought it was a home run at the time is because how many times in the past year and a half, have we seen Kirk cousins throw to the tight end over the middle and, and you know, third and, and Tyler eight, Conklin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah third and eight throws a, th- a five yard route to Tyler Conklin or a four yeah. yard route to Irv Smith. Well, TJ Hawkinson is running those routes maybe not at the right depth still, but like he's breaking a tackle and getting a first down. So what he does is what Kirk Cousins likes to do. And in the fact that he's come in right away and just proven to be uh, you know, a, a high factor in this offense is, is proof that you know, great trade at the time, great trade right now. Yeah. I mean, I think back and I, I always feel bad picking on Irv Smith because of the injury. It's kind of like the two, thing, like you kind of hope a guy like puts it together, stays healthy uh, becomes the player that they're supposed to be. But you think of that Philadelphia game, if Irv Smith reels that in, right? And I think that makes it like 24-14. It's not enough to win, but like that's a momentum-changing play. Obviously, that sucks when he drops it and he had a clear look at the end zone or whatever. But I think that's kind of what Hawkins said. Again, he's not 
you can't expect 100 yards out of him. He's not a pure receiver. Um, but I think I think one of the coolest things about this, the, the McVeigh scheme and kind of the McVeigh guys, if you will, is that they value tight ends. I, you know, I kind of was mm-hmm. curious as receivers become more prominent and you want just kind of straight line speed and crisp routes and, and a dedicated um, pass catcher, would tight ends kind of go the way of the dodo? And I think instead they realize how different obviously it's it's um there is still a running aspect to what they do and and the tight ends should chip in on the um run blocking also for like think of the situation the vikings were or maybe still are in where you lose derisaw and you see how exposed they got by dallas Mm -hmm. washington also expand like that's where a tight end helps you right the chip and then he's kind of the outlet um i i mean yeah, if you could have like done a creative player basically and been like, here's the guy that you should give the Vikings, right? This is kind of a they would have created someone who probably looks like he should be cast in a Vikings show or something, <laughs> but but be like a guy from Iowa whose dad was a Vikings fan who who you know like is the perfect guy for Kirk, as you were saying here, the second best pass pass catcher, also just like. I think he can be reliable as an outlet as in to get yards after the catch and stuff like that. So um, it's very, very funny that the lions did this. It, it, people talk about the memes of like going from the one win team to the team that only had, uh, lost one game at that point. It's a very funny that the lions have actually won a few more games since. And I, at one point I thought like the Dan Campbell regime's over that this was just kind of a hard knock sensation and nothing more. I'm not convinced he's a brilliant coach or that he's going to turn him into a champion, but it is funny how the lions have kind of changed. And if the lions had maybe gotten wins earlier, do they think differently about this? Mm-hmm. Right. But the Vikings capitalized on the moment. And, and so I think for a guy like Quasi, who you can criticize the draft class again, we got to give it a little time, and I understand injuries have influenced it. But you know, people see Watson playing well for the Packers and go, "Oh boy!" And you know, if 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 um, Williams does a good job in Detroit, you go, "Man, they could have used a second receiver." But you know, I think the for Quasi to pick up a win early in his career, showing aggressiveness, getting an impact player, getting a guy who's going to cash a pretty big check for the Vikings, like. I mean, I think it's huge for him. It's huge for the team. It's also just like you could tell like kind of Wes Phillips and and, um, O'Connell, like when they talk about him, they're never going to put down Irv. They shouldn't. But they're like, this is the guy they thought Irv Smith would be. Exactly. And that that is a good point. Like Irv Smith, even going back to last year before he tore his meniscus and missed the whole season, was supposed to was was viewed as like the key that was going to unlock this next level of a Vikings offense. He wasn't, he got injured and he proved this year that he wasn't again. Injuries have, have you feel bad for that kid because injuries have ravaged that guy's career mm-hmm. um, between the knee, the thumb and training camp, obviously his, his current injury, the high ankle sprain, like you feel bad for him, but also he, I don't think he was ever going to be the player that everyone thought he would be the player that TJ Hawkinson just is the, the mm-hmm. player that he is and the impact he can make the the point you made also about the Sean McVay offense and how they they value the tight end like more teams should like if you mm-hmm. can find a team or a player that is bigger than the safeties and faster than the linebackers that That's can bad. find yeah. soft coverages in defenses 
look, I'm not saying TJ Hawkinson is Travis Kelsey, but it, there's a reason Travis Kelsey's so dominant. He doesn't even run routes half the time. He just runs to open spaces and like he is a large target that obvious. I'm not, I don't want to like dumb down Travis Kelsey's excellence, but like it makes sense why that guy is so good. And no, I think that's, I think that's a phenomenal point. And sorry, I'm just jumping on it before I forget the looking back at like that chargers game. um, I'm just trying to think of a context where like everyone kind of saw this, like, Again, don't take anything away from Mahomes, but context is important. Mm-hmm. Mahomes has other weapons. He did lose one big one, right? And it just seemed like repeatedly, like in the biggest moments, right? Instead of looking for a guy running a crisp route, a guy beating a you know corner down the seam, whatever it is, it was Kelsey, 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 Kelsey right? And like you think of like Kelsey just losing it and whipping the ball, right? Like that was kind of that's their connection. And I, even I, you know, just cause it happened right after the game, I had the interview on afterwards and they're praising each other. And I think realize how important they are to each other. So again, mm-hmm. if you don't have that tight end, you have to deal with the personnel that you have. I like Johnny Munt. There's something I like about the guy who kind of does everything. And like literally the first play of the year, they go to him and I was like, <laughs> Johnny Munt's like, who is this guy? But, uh, but I think, um, you know, if you have him, you can't do this. Right. But if you have this dynamic guy, I think it's why you look at like eighth overall and you go, why, why did you go tight end when the edge rusher makes such an impact when a linebacker can certainly a quarterback or receiver it's because it's because of what you're mentioning here, the, the mismatch, the team guy aspect of it. Um, the fact that like, I just think at times teams look at a guy like Hawkinson and go, what do we do with him? Literally because mm-hmm. you don't know what he's going to do on each individual play. Justin Jefferson's going to run a route most likely. Right. Um, and, and in this case, he could be blocking for Delvin cook or whatever. So I think, yeah, I don't know this. And just the other funny thing is I was like, was he forcing his way out of Detroit? You know what I mean? Like, was this kind of behind the scenes? I could be wrong. Again, we don't we only get a certain amount of access to the player. But like, he does not seem like kind of the firebrand type who, you know, he doesn't seem like the diva receiver. Let's put it that way. Right. He doesn't yeah. look like seem like the guy who's like, get me out of here. What's your plan? Dan Campbell's driving me nuts because he's had like 17 coffees this morning. He's going to pass out in the afternoon or whatever. You know, like he just he seemed he seems like a content guy who goes and studies and does his thing. Um, this might just be Detroit really messing something up. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's gonna be really interesting if like this kind of barrier, right. That that used to be don't trade within the division. Don't give a team draft cap or whatever. If these teams decide just to go to head to head and especially if they see an opportunity, if Rogers is declining, if there's, you know, kind of blood in the water with the Packers, I love that these teams are like going right at each other with their own picks and their whatever. And so I think this is such an interesting wrinkle. And I do think it's so funny that Detroit somehow traded this guy. I think that's all that we need to say about TJ Hawkins. I, I, I will be interested to kind of watch the progression of his career though. Right. Because for the rest of TJ Hawkinson's career and he will get extended in Minnesota this off season, he's going to be here for a long time. They did not trade a second round pick for, uh, to rent the guy. He, he He's a, a part of their future, but yeah, every, every two times a year, they're going to play Detroit and they're Detroit. The lions are going to leave themselves open for, for these pot shots that we're taking yeah, yeah. now that we'll probably take next week when, when the Vikings go to Detroit, um, it'll just be a story for a very long time because a team that has proven to be dysfunctional, ineffective, whatever word you want to use 
prove to be that again at the trade deadline. So when we come back, we'll break down the rest of the Viking schedule. Actually, before Tom became a co-host, we had him on after a game. I think Tom said that they were going to win 13 games. That's still in the, that, you know, at the time I was making fun of him. Saying Sold him short. No way. But now look at him. Now look at him. He's a co-host and he might be right. Uh, when we go, when we come back, we'll break down the rest of the schedule. Kind of the games that maybe scare us. Um, there's not many, uh, spoiler alert. So, We'll, we'll break that down when we come back.